Sachem's head. The word was they'd begin passing through town sometime between 10 and 11 o'clock, so my cousin Elliot and I walked up Parsons Lane right after breakfast. We stood along the side of West Main Road with a raw sea wind whipping past our ears, and it wasn't long before we got so cold we had to start hopping. Hey, Robert, did we have to get here so early? Elliot panted between hops. We had to, I panted back. It's going to be history. This was early in March 1942, barely three months after Pearl Harbor was bombed and America went to war against the Nazis and the Japanese, and we weren't the only ones on the road that morning. Soon people began to stream out from everywhere and wait at the ends of their driveways. Kids were climbing trees to look up the road. Every so often, somebody would ride by in a car or on a bike and yell out a progress report. They're at Wickham Road. Won't be long now. They're up to Mrs. Grinnell's. They were mighty 16-inch Bourne naval guns, two of them, the largest and most powerful long-range weapons at that time. I'll never forget how the first tremendous body rose over the hill, its long gray barrel pointed back up the road. An escort of armed soldiers walked soberly alongside. Stand back, I told Elliot. It might speed up coming down. There was no need to worry. Each gun was chained on two, not one but two, flatbed haulers because it was so huge, and the trucks that pulled the flatbeds were overwhelmed by their loads and inched forward with agonized groans and shudders, even going downhill. A two-year-old child could have walked faster, someone said, and done less damage to the road, someone else observed. Across the way, I saw a tall, bony man in a blue cap take a notepad out of his knapsack and bend to write in it. I thought he was a reporter from one of the Providence newspapers and felt proud to be there at such a momentous event. The guns had been statewide news all week. They had already been two days on the road coming from the Riverton train depot, ten miles away, and would require another half-day to haul to Fort Brooks. Along their route, a bridge had been reconstructed over an inlet to accommodate their weight. A yapping dog had darted too close and been crushed under one of the flatbed's slow-moving wheels. Marion Wainwright, a local pacifist, had threatened to throw herself under another wheel. She was arrested and taken away to the police station to cool her heels. People weren't so tolerant of free thinkers back then, especially in a New England coastal village where the world hadn't yet shown much of a face. These were not the first guns to be brought down the road. The fort complex, there were actually three batteries, each looking out to sea in a different direction, had been quietly accumulated.